Back to Jimmy B and TC on Des Moines' Big Sports Station, 1700 KBGG. Hey, everybody. Welcome back in. Jimmy B and TC, Jim and Trent, 264-1700 if you want to get in with us. Uh, we are here till 6 o'clock. Coming up in about, oh, 15 minutes from right now, Zuba Mahente ESPN uh, will be our guest. Uh, but that breaking news and Travis Hines' aim trip uh, is where we got it from. Nice uh, reporting there by Travis on Cameron Lard and getting busted for drug paraphernalia when he was stopped by police and they found it in his car. Trent, this is, uh, and not having it, and not having it been reported, they were able to conceal it. And what is this? The middle of April and it took place in February? Two and a half months, Jimmy B. You have to go back from the time this happened between uh, now and now when it's been reported from Travis Hines and, That kind of gap certainly raises some questions, not just that we didn't hear anything in season, but even afterwards, you know, maybe something like this could have come out or I I don't know. And this is the part of it that just leaves that sour taste in your mouth, Jim, the the secrecy of college athletics and this part of it. And, And you know what really drives me crazy is when coaches hide behind HIPAA. HIPAA is a law put out to help keep medical records that people don't want out out there. But people will continue to hide behind those things from time and time. You, you certainly can't go down that route for this one. You can't say this is a HIPAA violation if you no. would have talked about the drug violation there. But I don't know. It, it leaves another sour taste in our mouth. And after Iowa basketball last week and trying to wrap your mind around what happened there, Coral Pemsel talking, then, oh, no, we're going to have a retraction basically a day later with the university-run website in Iowa City, and now you have this over in Ames. It just, these are the kind of stories, I don't know, they, they really do bother me. It's the secrecy that bothers me more than anything. Yeah, I, I think that's what bothers me, too. Look, I, I get where kids get busted. Yes. You, uh, I'm not, who I'm cares? Not, I mean, really? Yeah. Who cares? I don't care about that. Yeah, no. I don't care about that now. No, it's it's just trying to hide it from... Not only the fans, but the news media as well. And then thinking that, hey, we got away with something here. Uh-oh, now we're caught. And now it sounds even worse than really maybe what that infraction really was. Yeah, yeah, it's drug paraphernalia. It's it's not, at least to me, it's certainly not a big deal. Hey, this just in, Jimmy B. College yeah. athletes, youngsters, they smoke marijuana. I know breaking <laughs> news, but it yeah. happens. And it happens in Ames, and it happens in Iowa City, and it happens on Forest Avenue, and it happens in Cedar Falls, and it happens at Coe, and Buena Vista, and at Simpson, and everywhere else. Yes, college athletes, they smoke weed. Who cares? I got news for you, Trent. It it happened in eastern Washington as well. (laughs) No (laughs) surprise. No surprise. But but to to just... I know, but to hide it. And not have it. If you would have just come out and, and got in front of the story and, hey, he's not going to start, and then we're going to see what happens in the legal process for the game afterwards. Or, you know, go something like that. In fact, the next game out, so I was looking at the game log to try to figure out exactly how this happened. Next game was uh, the road game at Texas Tech, and he played incredibly well. He had 22 points mm-hmm. in that game, went 10 of 11 yeah. from the field, and uh, and he went on a run after that before the final three games of the season. But, it just, I don't know. That part of it, 
continues. And, and then for Steve Prohm, Travis Hines contacts him, asks for a quote, and to have yep. no comment. You've known yeah. about this for two and a half months. You don't got a comment on it. You don't got something yep. in the holster. You, you know that any reporter worth their salt, and Travis Hines is one of the best we have, not just here in the state. I think he's destined for big, big things going forward. You don't think that something like this is going to come out. It's public record. Of course it's going to come out. And to not have anything ready. Not to say, yes, we, we knew about the infraction when it happened. We decided we were going to let the legal course play out. Boom. Done. But not even have that there. That also, that was a part of the, just a, another head scratcher. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, you would have thought that they would have had something prepared, like saying, okay, we can't really discuss it because it's got to go through, uh, what do they call that, the court, uh, the court of conduct, and, and we can't do anything until the student, student code of conduct, mm-hmm. uh, until, that, until we, we get a determination from that. Okay, well, at least you gave, you, at least you gave us something. But to just say no comment when it appears that you tried to hide it so desperately so that no one would ever find out about it. But yet, when Travis Hines went snooping on this and discovered, because it is public record, he discovers this, and it's two and a half months later. Uh, To me, and like I said before we went to the commercial break, now, Trent, unfortunately... It's probably a bigger story now because there's nothing else to talk about, really, for Iowa and Iowa State. This is it. Where back then, they could have said, yeah, unfortunately it happened. He'll go to the uh, student court of conduct. Uh, He's going to miss uh, one game. And, okay, the games continue to play. And, boom, that's over with. It's over with because everybody now is focused in on the games that the kids are playing. So now you've got nothing. So unfortunately, this will become a bigger story than what it probably should be. And as Iowa State limped to the finish last year, you remember Cameron Lard, he sat out the first couple of games. There wasn't much discussion. Coach Prohm really didn't explain what happened there as he didn't play against Missouri that. and UW-Milwaukee to open up the season. And he's such an important piece, Jimmy B. We saw when he was at his best, Iowa State was – Pretty solid team. Now, injuries obviously derailed things as the season went on, and we saw you know, what was left of that roster by the end of the season, but he's a very important piece. If they are going to be an NCAA tournament team next year, and at the very least I think they're going to be in that conversation come February of 2019, I think Cameron Laird needs to be a part of it because if not, then suddenly you're talking about, all right, well, we get Michael Jacobson eligible. You have that. You're feeling like you're in good shape getting him out there. You got him. You got what else inside? You know, there just isn't a whole lot. You got Solomon Young, and that's Sol- that's, Solomon Young. Yeah. But that's it. You want to go into yeah. the season with really two post players? I don't. No, I don't either. No. And look, this is, it could have been nipped in the bud, could have been over in just a couple of days and forgotten. And now it's, it, like I said, the crime, t- at least to you and I, is not that big of a deal, okay? But now that it, they attempted to cover up, which really wasn't to us that big of a deal, it makes it a bigger deal. I'm not going to say that this story is going to go on for the next two months or, or something like that. No, it's not. But it makes the school or the coaching staff 
or the athletic director, whoever else was involved in this, not it, it puts them in a bad light where they felt that they were through the season, recruiting's gone very well, You referenced the two guys, Shyak and Jacobson, will now matriculate into the lineup, and they should be a team that will be competing for probably a top four or five spot in the Big 12 this coming season. And so now you're going to have to deal with, A, why wasn't this done when it happened? B, why did you try to hide it? And C, now what's the result? So now you got three things tossed at your athletic director and your head coach that shouldn't even be in the equation right now since we're in the offseason. So that's the uh, big story of the afternoon. Earlier today, there was a report from Rivals about Ahmad Wagner across the state over in Iowa City. He's concluding his school's got another sem- uh, month left to go of his semester before he'll be uh, figuring out where he's going to be p- playing football, Jimmy B. And uh, he's looking around. He said he was going to do this back right after the announcement was made that he was going to concentrate on football after being a basketball player the last three seasons in Iowa City. Kentucky, who offered him out of high school, that was certainly the best football offer that he had coming out of high school. Louisville also involved Cincinnati, Akron, a couple places from his hometown, uh, home state. So uh, four other schools involved. Iowa's still in it there, but Ahmad Wagner, he's peeking around, seeing what else is out there, and I think good for him Mm -hmm. because... yeah. With, with that size, with the athletic ability that he has, and it's not just what he did on a football field. I mean, you go back and you look at the tape of his senior year, it was a lot of jump balls. There's going to be a lot more development that needs to happen for him to become not just a productive college player, but to maybe have an opportunity to at least get into a camp at the NFL level. But but you couple that with what you look around with, what you're trying to do. How long is it going to take to retool the body, get, get himself figured out there? So there's a lot of components here. But Ahmad Wagner looking around, and we find out some of those schools today. Well, look, Trent, there's a couple of ways to look at it. If you're a Hawk fan, you're thinking, okay, why doesn't he just go and start working out with the team? Mm-hmm. And maybe he just doesn't want to do that. Maybe he wants a total fresh beginning. And so if he goes, he's got a year of eligibility left, so he'd have to sit out a year. But during that year... He could get his body into football shape. He would learn the offense. He could work out with a quarterback and work on his pass-receiving skills, work on his wide-receiver blocking skills, work on running routes, all of those things that he could do in that one year before he even puts the helmet on to compete for a spot on a said college football team. So that might be something that he's looking at right now. At least that way, Trent, he would probably feel comfortable trying to make at least that one season notable. So maybe, and I, I, I don't know this, but maybe some NFL scouts would invite him to a training camp as a free agent. I mean, you don't know. You don't know how quickly he could transform and become that sort of wide receiver. You know, we've seen guys make the jump and go right from basketball into the NFL and get opportunities, the Antonio Gates, the Tony Gonzalez of the world. You know, guys like that that have been talked about on and on and on. But this does feel a little bit different because 
those guys also, for a lot of them, they also played high school football throughout. Ahmad Wagner, yes. he just played one season. It was only one year that he played at the high school level. He just went out because his buddy was a quarterback and wanted to chuck the ball up to a six seven guy. <laughs> yeah. It worked out pretty I well. Know. I'd say it worked out real well, yeah. So there's a lot more that needs to be learned on that side of things. I I think you bring up a good point, Jimmy B. If if Iowa was the front runner, and and I do wonder if he would have gone through spring football, if that would have done something with the eligibility. You wouldn't think so, but this has been no. such a weird story. I mean, I struggled right away understanding how he'd have two years of eligibility at Iowa. I get you. You get five years to play for. That's what we're always told. Five years to play for. You can have a red shirt in there be it by injury or just sitting out for the season. But he'd have five years of competition out there, which doesn't make a lick of sense to me, even if it is across sports. Still, if if that was the decision that he was closest to, it feels like he would have made it by now. But he's still got schoolwork to do. You know, he's still got chance to go out there, visit. And, yep. hey, to be recruited, Jimmy B, Jim, you were recruited a little bit. Recruiting trips got to be pretty fun, right? Oh, God, it's great. I mean, people are knocking at your door. They want to talk to you on the phone. Uh, I enjoyed every every moment of having schools contact me. And, look, I, I get how that's exciting for a young student athlete. I, I'm, I'm into all of that. Right now, Ahmad Wagner, he's getting to relive that a little bit. Only, Trent, it's for a different sport. Mm-hmm. So more power to him, and I hope he makes the right decision. Well, coming up on the other side, we got Zubin Mahente stopping by from ESPN. A lot of different things to talk about with Zubin today. We got a little NBA talk. He loves the NBA like you do, Brinson. So we'll do a little bit of that. We'll talk some football. We'll talk some baseball. We'll see whatever else comes up. Maybe even hockey. You're into these hockey yeah. playoffs, right? I'm loving the hockey playoffs right now. They've been a lot of fun. Coming back on the other side, it's Jimmy B and TC with you until 6 o'clock. On 1700 KBGG. Nice to be talking to the home crowd again in central Iowa, where I was raised, where I got married. The show is right on you, 5 to 9 p.m. weekdays on Des Moines' Big Talker, 1700 KBGG. To enjoy life indoors during Iowa's hottest months, call Logier Heating and Cooling. Right now, you can save $3,400 or more with combined rebates on a new Dave Lennox signature system from Logier. Check out LogierHeatingCooling.com for details. For over 110 years, Logier has made Central Iowans happy inside. See customer reviews on Google, Facebook, and the Des Moines BBB website. Call Logier at 267-1000. We make you happy inside. Guys, Trent Condon here again for New Leaf Wellness. Warm weather is going to be here before you know it, and if you added some pounds during the winter, New Leaf Wellness can help you. Great treatment programs designed specifically for you. I'm on the GAC and Mick. It has helped me not just lose weight with my energy level, no more lulls in the afternoon. Give them a call today. Set up a free, no-obligation consultation. 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. Let's feel better together with New Leaf Wellness Centers. Sponsored by your neighborhood Ace. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. It's also the place for national brands like Scott's and miracle Grow and local expertise to help you grow the lawn and garden you've always wanted. Only at Ace, the helpful place. Hello, everybody. This is Carl Schaphorst, owner of Sandler Training. The development of high-performance sales culture in business does not just happen. Rather, you must be deliberate and pursue high performance. This is what Sandler Training is all about. Here is Ken of A-Plus Lawn and Landscape. Our sales team now has higher 
closing ratios, and faster sales cycles. Sandler Sales Training has given our company a culture of high performance. We absolutely love Sandler. Learn about our next training event at iowasales.net. That's iowasales.net. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's the Ace Buy One, Get One Free sale. Don't miss great buy one, get one free deals throughout the store. So many BOGOs, we can't name them all. Start the season right with savings on quality products from Scott's, Roundup, Ortho, and more. There are so many BOGOs and so many ways to save. Hurry in. The Ace Buy One, Get One Free sale ends Monday. Offers valid at participating stores. Buy select item and get designated item free. See store for details. If you run a small business, you know there's nothing small about it. Dell's Small Business Technology Advisors are here to help with solutions tailored to your business. And for a limited time, get up to 35% off select PCs with Intel Core processors, plus free shipping on everything. Talk to a Dell Small Business Advisor today at 877-BY-DELL or visit dell.com slash business deals. That's 877-BY-DELL. Washer Systems of Iowa, blasting grime and saving you time. At Washer Systems of Iowa, we have an experienced factory trained service department and will work on any American-made pressure washer. Washer Systems of Iowa featuring Mighty M Industrial Pressure Washers. Mighty M, built in Iowa, number one in Iowa. Washer Systems of Iowa. Visit their showroom at 6050 Northeast 14th Street in Des Moines or online, washersystems.com. Welcome back, everybody. We roll all the way till 6 o'clock right here on the Big Talker. Jimmy B and TC, 1700. Zuba Mahente joins us right now. ESPN, the guy never sleeps. He's always in studio doing his thing and doing it very well. Zubin, uh, look, I can't get over, you know, what... And, and I know that you know people in Des Moines are attached at least a little bit to the to the Minnesota Wild just because of the Iowa Wild, their their top franchise, uh, minor league franchise plays here. But is the rest of the nation involved in the Vegas Golden Knights, a a team that is an expansion team that plays in the desert? in front of people that go to casinos and gamble, and here they are, they sweep the series against the L.A. Kings, and they're just not getting a lot of conversation. Yeah, I think at the next stage it'll ramp up, and then I think, unfortunately, because hockey is generally, even though we consider it, Jim, as we've colloquially all said, it's a major for professional American sport. I think if you're willing to split up football and college football, the college game would pass it. I think there's some real arguments to be made that in some cases golf in certain instances could pass it. And so I think because it is relatively still a niche sport and it is one of those things where if you ask the casual sports fan, not you or I or Trent or your listeners who are passionate and engaging in sports all the time, if you said to a casual sports fan, give me three guys in the NHL, not five guys, maybe three guys in the NHL. Um, I think there would be some difficulty in making that happen. And that's nothing against the casual sports fan. That's just the notion that the NHL, if it doesn't have Wayne Gretzky, if you can't make that pull, it is so far off the radar. I think you would be stunned with the amount of casual fans that don't know who Sidney Crosby or Alex Ovechkin mm-hmm. is. They have no idea who Patrick Laine, Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid. These are all brilliant, brilliant players. But that's just the uphill battle hockey is fighting. Those are A-list players. 
But for a $500 million expansion fee, which is what the Vegas Golden Knights had to pay to get into the league, I think they wanted somewhat of a favorable draw. Most expansion teams, I mean, look, I'm not Barry Melrose. I do spend a lot of time around him as Jim has referenced. We've been doing some weight ones. We've had a couple double OT games in these playoffs. Um, <laughs> they don't have anyone like Marc-Andre Fleury. Like, any recent expansion team, like the old Marlins or the Rockies or the Diamondbacks or the Rays, or whatever you want to talk about, they don't have anybody that looks like Marc-Andre Fleury in terms of his impact. I mean, that's a guy that is one of the most acclaimed goaltenders of his era and has the hardware to prove it, and suddenly he's going to be the goaltender on a team that's got Stanley Cup aspirations and the cliche has been said a million times, it's all about goaltending in the playoffs. So I think some of it is good fortune. Teams just generally don't end up with talented players like Marc-Andre Fleury in year one that are still playing the way he's playing. But part of it is also just the nature of, you know, if you talk about on your show, I would guess it's 95% Iowa, Iowa State. And then it's yeah. like baseball with all the teams, football with all the teams, the wild and the energy making up the other 5%. And I don't think you guys are any different than the rest of the country. It's a very, very difficult sport to talk about on the radio or casually. I don't think that's going to turn. I think the league has just accepted it for what it is. But if I'm Seattle and I'm the next team to come into the NHL, which it looks like they are going to be, I think you look at Vegas and say, we can win from day one. There is no excuse we can't. Are we going to see the if expansion happens in baseball? Montreal has been long talked about. Raleigh, Durham, maybe Portland. If we do see baseball or an expansion team in the NBA, if Seattle finally gets one back, whatever it may be, them taking this NHL system of expansion where there were more players available, you weren't digging a really deep hole for them. Could we see that maybe filter in because it's been such a great story? Or is that maybe a road too far for the other professional leagues? I would choose the latter, just because I think the composition of the sports is so different. In Major League Baseball, as the Marlins are trying to prove to their fans, I think it's one of those things where you have to build from the ground up. I think in the National Hockey League, your AHL team can really help you in spots, and the ability to grab guys that are seasoned on the fly will help. But I think in Major League Baseball, for example, long-term sustained success really comes from building up your farm system. Even teams like the Yankees, who had been you know, just grabbing guys and poaching free agents left and right. Even Brian Cashman at a certain point said, listen, we really need to build up our farm system. So I think in other sports it would be difficult just because you have so much of an idea of a feeder system that really is in the ethos of every organization. I don't think there's as much of that in the NFL and then, uh, excuse me, in the NHL. And as for the NFL, it's just the overall dearth of players, the pool of players that are good enough to play in the National Football League is so small with no developmental league. So I think in baseball, you have to pay, have a lot of patience because there's so many available players that could blossom if you develop them. In the NFL, it's just the opposite. There's a dearth of players. There's just not enough guys that are good enough to play in this league if there would be a true expansion. Um, so I think it's just a little bit different. I certainly think, though, Trent, it would raise the expectation of fans because I don't mm-hmm. think fans care. Fans look at it and say, year one, boom, we're in. It's no different than... Penn State coming to the Big Ten or somebody else rolling into the Big 12 like West Virginia and say, we need to compete right away. The fan, I think, looks at it and says, compete right away. I think the organizations realize it's a case-by-case, sport-by-sport choice. 
Uh, take me then to the NBA playoffs. And tonight, Indiana and Cleveland will get together again. The Pacers have a one nothing lead. In your estimation, LeBron James, biggest star on the planet, athletically on the planet, how detrimental would it be to the NBA playoffs, in your estimation, if indeed the Cavaliers were bounced in the first round? I'll give you my back example to the first question, Jim. Ask the average NBA fan. Named a three Raptors, and two of them can't beat DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. That's where we're getting to. <laughs> Name two Celtics. They can't be Gordon Hayward or Kyrie Irving, although I guess people are starting to know who Jalen Brown is now for sure. But I would say that that's really the issue from a star power perspective. LeBron's the only guy that can bring the casual fan to the set. The casual fan is still warming to Ben Simmons. And by the way, Ben Simmons is, you know, I think he's heating up at an electric rate. Um, I'm still interested to see what happens towards the end of the game. Would people still go to the hack of Simmons? What's the shooting going to be like? We'll still have time to determine what kind of player he's going to be. He's so much time to grow. But I do believe that with the dearth of star power, with Boston being injured, the best team playing north of the border record-wise, um, the Pacers are a great story. Again, Oladipo, great story. Not going to bring a ton of people to the set. Not his fault at this juncture in his career. So, yeah, I think from an interest standpoint, it would probably put even more attention on the West, as if there isn't already enough attention on the West. But I just feel like one game, tough to count the Cavs out. People are already burying the Cavs and all that stuff. But, you know, I'll go back to something I said, I think, on Ken's show when I was on earlier this week, and it's just the number four. There's only four players left from their 26 championship team from the 2016 squad. I mean, that's less than two years. It was June of 2016, right, when they won it. I mean, you're talking four mm-hmm. guys left and less than two years removed. And he had four guys, and LeBron actually mentioned this. Uh, we were on postgame after. Um, LeBron mentioned this. That he kind of said it without saying it, but, like, four guys have never played in a playoff game prior to the weekend, prior to Sunday. And obviously that's a huge stage, and LeBron realizes guys' eyes are going to be wide open in a situation like that. So I think tonight they settle in a little bit. Obviously, I think, Jim, you know you're passionate about the league as I am. It's really become a make-miss three-point league, and uh, LeBron is really struggling from the outside. Not that he's a prolific three-point shooter, but the Cavs really struggled from deep. And generally speaking, when you struggle from deep in the NBA, you can't win. And if you're excellent from deep uh, and you shoot well from deep, like Golden State or Houston, you win. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm not saying it's not a plotting big man league anymore. I'm just saying that the game has been so modified around the three-point shot uh, that if you can't hit it, it's going to be tough to win. And the Cavs really struggled from the perimeter on Sunday, at least I thought. Zubin, uh, tonight the T-Wolves, they get another shot at Houston. Had an opportunity on Sunday night. Obviously uh, didn't even get a, a good shot at the buzzer. Down by three by Jimmy Butler. But 10-37 in that game from Houston. Don't expect them to shoot that poorly from deep in this one. Still uh, a lot of conversation going on. Chris Paul, James Harden, these two guys. When it comes playoff time, they have not been at their best. Now, Harden was great in game number one, but but that narrative, uh, it, what's it going to take? Is it an NBA Finals appearance that that narrative will finally die? Anything short of that just isn't going to be enough? It depends who you're talking to. I think, yes, to me and you and Jim and the listeners, that's what it's going to take because we have determined as sports fans that is the arbiter, right? I mean, that is the arbiter. Get back to me when you have a title, and then we can continue to start talking about this. But it's interesting because the guy is really, I'm glad you brought this up, Trent, because the guy that's really brought this discussion into focus a little bit more the last couple of days has been Mike D'Antoni. And I'm sure many of your listeners are aware that he was an excellent player when he played in Italy. Um, he was a tremendous player. And in Italy, you know, D'Antoni had said regular season championships. So the Rockets had a great record. They were awesome this year. 
And a lot of people just, like you said, they're like, yeah, but, yeah, but. Let's <laughs> wait for Harden and Paul to do something. In Italy and Europe, across Europe, D'Antoni has said, and many have echoed this, that regular season championships are celebrated. The notion that because you don't win a title that your season is invalidated or these sorts of things, these are like American ideals. I'm not saying they're wrong. We do kind of live in a put-up-or-shut-up society. But in Europe, where D'Antoni really groomed his game and was a great player and was highly successful and thought about a lot of the things he's doing now, regular season success was nothing to scoff at. Regular season success shows over the course of a sustained amount of time. Like, you guys could have a run of one week of good shows, but wouldn't you rather at the end of the day say we had a really great year, 52 weeks, year in and year out? I mean, you want to hype it up on a Monday after the Hawkeyes and Cyclones play for sure because your listenership's there, but the best way to accrue consistent listenership or the best way to consistently be good is to always kind of be there and being in the hunt. So I agree with you. I think they will not get off the hook until they win, but I think D'Antoni has kind of brought to the table like, hey, guys, you know, let's just take our regular season into context and, and say, hey, by the way, we were better than the Warriors, and we were better than everybody in the NBA, mm-hmm. and that nobody's willing to acknowledge that is a little foolish, and I tend to agree with Mike on that. Zub Mahente is our guest ESPN right here on the Big Talker 1700. Zubin, take me to Major League Baseball. I think I saw a stat either today or yesterday that about 25% of Major League Baseball games have already been postponed or delayed. How has that played havoc with you guys at ESPN and your baseball schedule? Not too much. I think the number is actually 25. It used to be 25%. I think the number is 25 games. But I think it's one of those things where you really look at it, and our investment in baseball, you know, is Sunday night baseball, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and sometimes you just end up lucking out. The one thing I would tell you, baseball's relaxed its rules a little bit in the sense that the other night we had one of our games snowed out or rained out or whatever it was, and what we ended up doing was something that MLB Network does all the time, which is allow it to take you to other games. Like, let's drop in on the Mets and the Nats, and then Nats ended up rallying in tremendous fashion to win it. Let's go here, let's go there. And while MLB Network does that every night with their whip-around show, I think it's something that the Major League Baseball is pretty smart in allowing any of the broadcast partners to do. Now, sometimes when we do this on the NBA, we can't show you the last seconds of the game. We have to dip out there because, obviously, the regional and local partners are paying a lot of money to have those games. Um, But for the most part, even when games are canceled, I think they're doing a pretty good job of just trying to fill those gaps because at the end of the day, let's be honest, I mean, I'm sure you guys have a big Cubs listenership, but or Cardinals listenership, or however you guys, you know, divvy up the fans. Um, most of America, while they're aware of the Cubs and the Cardinals, don't root for the Cardinals or the Cubs. So you've got to find a way to get them and to somehow open it up and say, okay, this game is rained out or it has weather issues. Let's show you what's going on around the rest of baseball. Hey, have you seen the Red Sox this year? They're 14-2. and two. As of last week, they hadn't committed an error this season. Hey, Otani's going to be on the mound tonight. This is pre-blister. Wait till you get a hold of him. So I think sometimes, while it's annoying to have these games canceled, and obviously it's going to lead to a lot of double dips, and teams don't like playing double dips, obviously, um, I think it actually is good for the sport in a small way if you can expose a few more people to players and teams that they're not accustomed to watching but might want to be available. I'll give you a great example. Yesterday, late last night, I was going back and forth on email with my boss. My boss is a huge, huge Philadelphia Phillies fan, the biggest Hawkeye fan. It's like that level. The biggest Hawkeye fan, this guy's a Phillies version of that. And I just emailed him and I said, have we thought about getting Scott Kingery on FCP, on Scott's show? And he said, 
let me think about it. And he's a hardcore Philly fan, so he knows what an amazing story Scott Kingery is, and I'm guessing some of your listeners do too. Basically, this guy signed like a $24, $25 million contract before he ever took a swing in the big league, which is an amazing story. And now he's become the talk of the team, even though Cap was on the team and Hoskins is on the team. And it's just one of those things where if you're not paying attention to the Philadelphia Phillies, and why would you in Central Iowa or outside of Philadelphia unless you're a transplanted fan, this guy's story is unbelievable. So it's one of those things where I think rainouts and cancellations, if done right, could really put a spotlight on some of the other great things uh, in baseball. And in case you're wondering, they are attempting to get Kingery uh, this week. We'll see if it works. Well, I like Kingery. I got him in one of my fantasy yep. teams, so I've been keeping a close eye on him. <laughs> and that, uh, well, a fun Phillies team. Zubin, uh, wrapping up here with you. My last thing for you. The Twins are getting ready for game number two of their series down in Puerto Rico against the Indians. Uh, quite the environment last night. And, you know, cut, cut two different things. We see this and we see the camaraderie. You see the players from down there, how important it is. And a different kind of ankle, but similar Oakland just letting everybody in last night to their baseball game. It, baseball, th- these new ideas that continue to infiltrate in. It, could there be more done? And do you think there is a chance for, you know, a, a marketability not just in Puerto Rico where players are from, but expanding it even further? Oh, no question. I mean, I think Major League Baseball. We used to say this for a long time. Think about this: the Red Sox for a long time. And this is my favorite example. Actually, living up in this area of the country, I've been getting to talk to some Red Sox fans about it. Just use the Red Sox as an example here. I don't want to go too East Coast biased. You know, we're already getting enough of that. But I'll give you that. But I'll give you this. For the long time, the Red Sox were the last team in Major League Baseball to integrate, right? Now, that was well known. Obviously, this is not counting the expansion teams and the different era we live in today. But if you had to make a Mount Rushmore of players of the modern era, and you can go back to Ted Williams if you want. I mean, that's very old, but he's a legendary player. If you had to make a Mount Rushmore of Red Sox players of the last quarter century, let's just call it that, right? I mean... Pedro Martinez, Manny Ramirez, Nomar Garcia Parra, David Ortiz. I would have trouble putting anyone in front of those four guys, four non-white players, four Dominican players slash Hispanic players. And to me, that just goes to show how amazing this game is. I think the NBA is truly the world game because I still do think more people internationally, obviously I'm not counting soccer here, but in terms of what American sports could really hit overseas, if you take a look at the roster, the amount of different countries represented in the NBA, it's truly amazing. And, yes, there is some, something about the 92 Dream Team. And, but remember, that was 25, 26 years ago. Some of these guys are 20 years old now. They don't even really know what that is. But the way the sport has grown in the NBA is amazing, and it's often given a ton of credit for what it's been able to do to open the game up in an international way. I think Major League Baseball is very close behind. Major League Baseball is gigantically popular in Japan. It's gigantically popular in every Latin American country, and not so much in South Korea, but it's, excuse me, South Korea, South America, but it's getting there. And I just use that Red Sox example, where you take a look at the last team to integrate, you could say, if I could meet one member of the Red Sox, or we're going to do a Mount Rushmore of Red Sox, one through four, that those guys would be your choices. It just goes to show how much baseball has evolved. I'm not saying those guys are the hard and fast choices. Somebody else may want to put you know, somebody else on there. You may want to put Mo Vaughn on there, and you may want to put, you know, Roger Clemens on there. I wouldn't argue with any of those things. But I think that's just a small example goes to show you how different this game really is and how much it's growing. 
Zubin, we'll let you go on this. Rob Gronkowski, tied in for the New England Patriots, hasn't announced officially that he's going to play uh, this upcoming season. But what he has done, he has bought a stake in a horse that's named after him. The horse is called Gronk, and it has qualified for the Kentucky Derby. I know that you guys are all in on the Derby with your coverage. How will this change your coverage? I'm just curious. Well, I mean, obviously, I just wish Gronk was a guy that had some fun because he'd probably love going down to the Derby. But <laughs> now I guess, I guess I'll have to make a trip down there now. Uh, Brady and Edelman seem to definitely have a good time with it, that's for sure. But I would say this, you know, I'd have to talk to Kenny about that or some of our people that are going down uh, for the Derby. And uh, when we really used to be robust in horse racing with the Triple Crown and the Breeders' Cup, and some of this has come up in the last week because of a Bill Knack's passing, great, great horse racing rider, chronicle man of Secretariat. But I think it's one of those things where I look at it from Gronkowski. When you take a look at, I don't think people, I mean, I don't have enough money. Uh, I know Iowa's got like a proud tradition, especially in central Iowa, of some, some guys that are putting some money into the horses. I know over the years I've worked with some of those guys and interviewed some of those guys over the years, particularly Jerry. But it's one of those things where you look at it and you just say, it is really expensive, really, really expensive to get into the horse buying and racing business. And that leads me to my favorite stat about Gronk, which I hear from people all the time. I've just heard it enough where I'm just going to tell you that it is the case. And that is, you can say whatever you want about Gronk and how much fun he has and all the sorts of things he does. I've been told by multiple people, I'm sure you guys have heard this too around the ledger, he has lived solely based on his endorsement money. He has not spent a dime outside of his endorsement money. He has not lived off of his salary in the NFL at all. So if he wants to go into horses or Hollywood or wrestling or decided, I'm done with this, I'm done, my body's done taking the punishment in the NFL, which obviously he's a big off-season topic, what's really going on with him. Um, I just always look at that story and say, you can say whatever you want about Gronk and his image, but this guy is one of the most adroit, smart guys in the way he's lived his lifestyle. And the best example is buying a horse. Buying a horse is not like buying a car. You know what I mean? Buying a horse is like buying a horse. So <laughs> it's one of those things where I just always look at Gronk and say, I think he is. I think he has done it right the whole way. He's just—he's one of us. He's a guy that's incredibly gifted, that's fun, that's single. He's going out there, having a good time, never reckless, never doing anything to cause problems. Um, and I love it. I love that little story that he has not spent a dime of his salary, just the endorsement money. Just a great story, and I hope he does well for a Saturday night. Should be fun, no doubt. Hey, Zubin, as always, good catching up with you. Yeah, have a good week. All right. Great to see. You. I'll see you next week. Zubin Mahente, ESPN, see him on SportsCenter, and joins us weekly here on Jimmy B and TC. Jim, you ever, uh, with all that money you got uh, stocked away in the bank? <laughs> I've cleaned out a stable or two. Okay. I've done that. I've done that, uh, and I've worked uh, not as a horse trainer, but I worked uh, one summer as a uh, riding jockey, so I had fun doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I knew you were going to say that. I knew. I know. I, I, was, but, hey, I mean, you, you teed I, it up. It's too easy. I, I, give it the open. Yeah. Oh, just, just the practice. Just the practice. That's all. That's all I did. I, I, I rode uh, different horses for a guy who was a trainer one time in the summer. I had a great time. And uh, it, it was fun. It, it really was fun. So, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, I can I can't claim Trent that I ever was a 
jockey, but I was a practice rider to, you know, keep the horses in shape. All right. We're coming back out of the other side, myself and Jockey Jim. We'll come back, put a cap on things. <laughs> Let you know what we're watching tonight in the world of sports. A busy one. Should be a great night. We'll put a cap on things next here. It's Jimmy B and TC. And welcome back one final time as we put a cap on things here. This portion of the program presented by New Leaf Wellness. Feel good weather. It is going to warm up, Jimmy B. I'm, I'm not lying. <laughs> you added a little winter weight, New Leaf Wellness can help you out. A whole lot of different things they can do. Testosterone treatment programs, weight loss programs, 650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. Jimmy B, what do you have on tap tonight? What gets you rolling? Well... Like I said, there are you know more cancellations in Major League Baseball due to weather. But I am going to uh, take a taste on all three NBA games tonight in the playoffs. First one is Indiana-Cleveland. And I do want to see if the Cavs can respond and shoot the ball better. The Oklahoma City-Utah game, I'm dialed into that just because I love watching Russell Westbrook play. Uh, nobody plays in the league with the intensity that he plays with. So I'll look at that. And then the later night game is Minnesota and Houston. You and I will both be into that just because we'd like to see if the T-Wolves could steal one. Look, they had their chance in game one, mm -hmm. and they couldn't get it done, Trent. So I'm under the belief now that they woke up the Houston Rockets, and they won't be as bad defensively, and I think they'll shoot it much better than they did in game one as well. Yeah, that, that's my concern as well. I, I look at this one, and I don't have a whole lot of hope that the T-Wolves are going to be able to keep it certainly within single digits. Point spread is 10. It was 11.5 in game number one. I'm on the Rockets side. You know, we played around a little bit with some of the future numbers earlier today in the program. We uh, hit up the Connick Casino one more time. I like the Rockets tonight. What do you got? Cleveland, Indiana. Guess what the point spread is in that game? Uh, I'm going to say Cleveland by six and a half. Cleveland by eight, which seems, wow. seems kind of wow, hefty, little... right? I mean, yes, I mean, free does. money, right? Yeah. Grab the Pacers, grab the eight points. Yeah. I'm going the other way. I'm taking Cleveland tonight. Cleveland big. They bounce back in a big way. And, and the best game of the night, and one that probably most people won't be watching compared to the other two here, at least in this market, Utah, Oklahoma City. You got a feeling mm -hmm. of that one tonight? Well, look, I, I love what the... Uh what the Thunder are doing. Uh, they have decided after you play an 82-game regular season that they have turned up the screws a little bit defensively. And I can't tell you, I, I thought they should have kicked Carmelo Anthony to the curb as the season began to wind down the regular season. But in Game 1 against Utah, Anthony played superb defense. And Russell Westbrook did, too. When they got into crunch time in the fourth quarter, Westbrook played against Donovan Mitchell and pretty much shut the guy down in the last couple of minutes. So I'm really impressed with OKC right now. What did you say that, that line was? Four and a half is the number. Boy, I'd be tempted to run with the Thunder again tonight. Mm. I, I really would. Yeah, I, I know. I Look, Utah's good. They're a good team that nobody really pays any attention to. But four and a half, I think OKC will cover that. 
Baseball tonight, I'm going to be uh, locked in in Puerto Rico, obviously with yep. the Twins and Indians. Barrios gets the start back in his homeland. He's very excited. He called it uh, yesterday the biggest start of his young career, and he's going wow. up against Carrasco. So great pitching matchup there. A lot of fun. That environment last night, Jim, I don't know if you caught any of that uh, last I did. Evening. What What an environment. Oh, it was great. When Lindor hit the home run, I thought the stadium was going to collapse. I really <laughs> did. The place went nuts. And how cool is that where you go back to your high school mm-hmm. and the, the play, I, I mean, it was tremendous what, what took place there and have him hit that home run in that game. I, that was just great stuff, Trent. It really was. And uh, late night tonight, we get Boston and the Angels again. That was uh, yep. Otani last night exited the game with a blister. Says it's not going to hurt Sosha today. Say it's not going to affect his hitting. We'll see if he's in the lineup, though, after pitching. Usually they give him a day off in between and then play him in those middle games before he gets ready again. But keeping an eye on that one tonight. If you could only pick one hockey game, and that might be a lot of people here, Jimmy B., what, what's the one that you're most excited for tonight out of the four? Uh, I'm going to take Nashville at Colorado, um, and the reason is very simple. Remember I told you, I think it was the last week when this series began, that once Nashville won the first two games, but both games they were they were close, and I said, when you get to Colorado, that first game where you got to play at 5,200 feet, a mile up, it takes a toll on you. Colorado just took it to Nashville in game one. I look for Nashville now that they've been there a few days and had a couple of practice skates. I look at Nashville now to rebound in that game tonight. And that's probably the only hockey game that I will sample this evening. A little bit of that. I might keep an eye on Tampa, New Jersey more because I have a future bet involved in that one. So that's also uh-huh. a part of it. you got to keep an eye there. Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, that'll be right at 6 o'clock right after we go on the off the air uh, tonight in Anaheim, San Jose. Sharks looking to close that one out. And now, Jimmy B., we got hockey here tonight on 1700. Can you believe it? We got uh, hockey play-by-play. Play. Yeah. This is great. I mean, look, we're just... We're just uh, like taking over the entire state. It's unbelievable what we offer up. Nashville, Colorado tonight is the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. It's great that we're going to have that game. And, look, there are a lot of hockey fans that live in the Des Moines area. There's, you and I talk to them all the time. Mm-hmm. And when you drop in at the refreshment stands, you're going to see people in hockey jerseys. So it's amazing. And that's why I think the Minnesota Wild putting their AAA team uh, in Des Moines, I, I think, has really had an impact. I, I really do. I think people have gravitated to going there and watching the Iowa Wild play, uh, even if you only go once, just for the experience of going to that high quality of a hockey game. And I think that's impacted our area, at least a little bit, Trent, where the NHL playoffs probably now get a little more play than what they once did. Yeah, yeah. And uh, hockey is a its a niche sport, but uh, disappointed last yeah. night. The Wild, they had opportunities last night, couldn't get it done. And uh, the one local with no Blackhawks, no Blues, 
one that we had the Wild, they might be one and done again in the playoffs. So, busy night in sports, Jimmy B. Should be a lot of fun. We talked earlier in the program, big story from today, Ahmad Wagner taking a look at some different programs out there. We'll get yep. into that more. Talked with Pat Hardy earlier in the program today. If you miss any portion of the program, you can always catch us over on the podcast page over at 1700kbgg.com. Go to anchor.fm. That's where our podcasts are uploaded. You can find them there and all the podcast apps. Listen into any portion of the program that you may miss. Jimmy B, safe travels home, all right? Thank you, buddy. It's the same to you, and we are out of here, but we'll be back tomorrow, everybody, bright and early, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, on the Big Talker 1700.